What's going on, everybody? It's that time again. The All Sooners Podcast, Bedlam Postgame Edition, episode, I think it's 160 yep. uh, this season. Mush. Brain is mush at this point in the season. Josh's brain is not certified fresh. Is not. It's not. <laughs> I like this podcast. 1.54 a.m., which is way earlier than last year's Bedlam podcast, I think. Yeah, uh, that was probably the late, latest one of the entire season last year. Yeah. And then we had to get up like five hours later because Lincoln Riley left for USC. But we digress uh, after last season. Josh Calloway, John Hoover, Ross Loveless with us today. Ryan Chapman not here. He has the flu. He stayed home in this one, still contributed a lot of good stuff to ulcers.com from home, battling his illness. So Ross subbed in. Appreciate you stepping in for us. Of course, of course. Hanging in and uh, doing all the uh, usual festivities here and uh, getting his uh, first ever appearance on the post-game podcast, which is a different it's a different entity altogether. It's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. It's good to be here in person. Yeah, 100%. The, uh, the vibes are much different. But Oklahoma wins tonight. Ryan's they- loss. Is your game. Absolutely. <laughs> he took Because he got Ryan's seat tonight. It took about two weeks the for, the, for the disease sandwich to affect Ryan. <laughs> um, You're not going to get me to cackle like you did two weeks ago. Last time we were in here, Ryan just found a sandwich on the ground and started eating it. And he didn't get sick, but two weeks later he is. And I choose to believe that they're connected somehow. So... Uh, hopefully Ryan gets back to feeling better. We'll see him obviously this week. And then whenever we head to Lubbock for the season finale, which Oklahoma does not need to win to get the bowl eligibility because they won Bedlam today, 28-13 to over the Pokes. Really weird game because the first quarter of this was just a dream for Oklahoma. They led 28-0 before people had even sat down. I, I compared it to two things jumped out to me that reminded me of it for OU fans. Um, the jump around game, Texas Tech, mm-hmm. same kind of vibe, really cold, fans were really into it, it was electric in here, and before, I mean, it just it was an avalanche, it was an absolute avalanche, it was 28 nothing for you could even blink, and then on the flip side of that for OU fans, the Alabama OU Orange Bowl, where Alabama jumped oh, out yeah. 28 nothing, mm-hmm. same kind of deal, Before it felt like before Kyler Murray even had a chance to do anything about it, it was 28 nothing. those are the kind of the two comps I had, but after that, OU offense did nothing, at all, quite almost quite literally nothing, but they held on because the defense was really, really good today. We'll dive into all the aspects of this game, but just off the top, I mean, initial thoughts about what what I would call, I mean, I, I don't think it's really inarguable, the signature win of, of Brent Venable's first season here. Yeah, uh, signature win for sure because they did it with 40 recruits sitting in the stands. Big time. Big time recruits, uh, and they did it with defense. When the, when the offense – Basically left the game. They jumped to a 28 nothing lead, and then the offense went to the locker room and had tea and crumpets for the next three hours. I don't know. Um, the Sooners won for 14 on third downs. This is two, uh, one week after going one for 11 at West Virginia. So the offense is not showing up, you guys. Remember all those, those people that would get on and make comments, post comments on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Yeah. If you guys think the offense is what's wrong with this team, you've got another thing coming. Well... The offense is what's wrong with this team tonight, and the defense saved them time after time after time. I mean, last week, West Virginia, too. I mean, different conditions with the and rain, but I mean, there, yeah. defense played 23 points. well enough to win. Yeah, so Until they ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. Tonight, somehow, Ross, they, did. they didn't run somehow out of gas in the fourth yeah. quarter. No, you said it best when you said it's looked like it, it points during the season that both sides of the ball are trying to lose for, for each other. And tonight... 
it was the defense that had to step up. We've seen we've seen the offense step up too, but you know it was it was different to see this kind of game. And the the two games that you bring up are honestly very good yeah. comparisons because it wasn't like a like an LSU type game where where it was just like one team was just dominant. It was just like a bunch of fluky weird things that were going on, and then all of a sudden, yeah, twenty eight zero and. And then, yeah, from there it was just downhill. But, I mean, it was just a bunch of – a weird start that, that just just really snowballed after after the first quarter. Yeah. No, we, we joke, we've been joking about it a lot, Hoover, Ryan, and I, because um, the conversation early in the season was just all about complimentary football, and that phrase has just been driven into the dirt. doesn't even mean anything now. But the joke – we talked about the last few weeks how just this team is just allergic to it, and they play anti-complimentary football in every single way where – both sides of the football are never playing well at the same time. That's how it was bit a lot in Morgantown. Well, tonight they both were playing well at the same time for 15 minutes, yep. forcing turnovers. Oakland was cashing in. Dylan Gabriel was throwing it all over the place. And the rest of the time it didn't go that way for the offense. But the first quarter was so – basically the first quarter was so good that it was enough to win the game. Uh, I mean, that, that start – and it's funny, too, after all the conversation earlier in the year, remember who it feels like a million years ago now, but – how the biggest complaint with OU at the beginning of the season was that they kept getting up to slow starts. Yeah. That was the downing against Nebraska, <laughs> downing against Kent State. Mm-hmm. I mean, big difference, 28 nothing. I mean, what more could you possibly hope for? When it got to 28-3, you football fans will know what I'm talking about. 28-3, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. 28-3, Falcons fans. I'm aware. I was hoping we avoid that. OU, have, OU fans have a much better uh, memory on 28-3. Yeah, 28-3 at, down in Waco, right, yeah. in 2019. Uh, I was there for that one. And uh, this felt a little bit like that. Jumped out to an early lead and had to hold on. Uh, score-wise, this one was 28-13. Uh, Oklahoma was on the backside of that other one, of course, uh, and on the comeback. But, yeah, man, um, fast start, lightning fast start tonight. Um, Dylan Gabriel throwing a lot of – Ross was pointing this out to me during the during the game in the, in the live blog. If you guys are on the live blog, you need to get in there. Uh, the stuff that was working early, little hitches, uh, little swings, little bubbles, little screens, middle screens, dump-offs across the middle – that's how you get a 28 nothing lead, apparently, if you're Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. You get a little confidence going, and then they got away from all of that. I don't know why. Was it because uh, Oklahoma State came out and, and deployed its defense differently? I don't know. haven't had a chance to go back and study it yet. But you could see the, uh, the Oklahoma game plan became, okay, let's graduate from these screens and checkdowns at the line of scrimmage to let's throw 12-yard outs and 15-yard outs and 5-yard outs uh, in, on a wind, on a cold, windy night, let's throw the deep ball, which Drake Stoops bailed out a you know a fairly bad throw. He bailed it out with a fantastic catch. Uh, after those after those early drives, guys, we said this in the post game rep. Dylan Gabriel, fourteen of eighteen in the first quarter, one of eleven in the second half. That's insane. Yeah, he said That's insane. He said uh, the the wind and the the cold and the rain last week. Yeah, it matters, but he he needs to find a way to get around all that stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it was just. I mean, the the third quarter, the the third down, the third down troubles was what really stood yeah, out what to me was throughout it? the one entire for thing. 14? One, one for fourteen. Yeah, 14. one for fourteen. That was the you can't have that. Yeah, it would just, it would just feel like, and I said it on the on the post game video, but it, it just felt like every momentum stop that the defense would would get, and it would just it was gift wrapped to the offense. They just yeah. Did nothing with it, and that was just super deflating for the offense for sure, or for the defense. No doubt. 
And something that the defense did had to withstand tonight, The they kept getting takeaways. They got four interceptions. Yeah. They only scored off one of those. Yeah. They only scored, uh, turned yeah. one of those four interceptions into points. Every other one was a was a punt or loss of down, whatever it was. Um, 11 punts tonight for uh, Michael Turk. Career high. <laughs> yeah, he, he beast mode tonight. Yeah. And he got engaged. And he got Shout engaged. Out. Shout Grace out to Grace Lyons. Turk. Yeah, softball, softball I can't beast. wait to see the new vlog. Yeah, yeah, no he, kidding. He, uh, he gave him he hang gave the vlog a shout out on the in the post game interview. He <laughs> of said, course he, he did. He said check it out on hang time. So <laughs> of course he did. Yeah, that, that's the most on brand thing. <laughs> uh, if whenever my, this is Michael Turk senior night, he's his career though he's almost done. What I remember most about Michael Turk above anything of how good of a punter he is is probably his vlog, his vlog life, <laughs> uh, hang time for sure. So this was a win for Oklahoma. Let's go uh, positive first. Let's talk about the defense. I mean, this was this was what OU fans wanted when Brent Venables was the co- was named the right. head coach. Yeah. I mean, they forced a lot of turnovers. Could have easily been more. Yeah, uh, six sacks. Yeah, and a season high twelve quarterback pressures. Yeah, I was. They're getting say, after him all mm-hmm. night long. Spencer Sanders, you know, maybe he's not a hundred percent. I have no idea where his health level is. He's been missing time, but what I do know is that whenever. Spencer Sanders is a, is, a, is a pretty good college quarterback, and he played well against Oklahoma last year in this game. Um, he was having a career year. He was getting early Heisman buzz early in this, this <laughs> season. Um, he was in hell in this game. I mean, he was getting sacked everywhere. He was making really bad throws that were getting you know either picked off or almost picked off. Yeah. Oklahoma had him completely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Four interceptions, and we counted five balls that were in defenders' hands that were not interceptions. Yeah, yeah could have oh, easily been interceptions. Cow. Yeah, yeah. What a play by Ulu. Yeah, absolutely. was awesome. And, yeah. and you mentioned it. There's just kind of the the um, alignment by the defense. And mm-hmm. it just looked like Sanders was confused the entire night. The, yep. the pre-snap movements, the the shifts, it, it just looked like the Oklahoma State offense was uncomfortable at all times. They didn't really know where the pressure was coming from or where to expect it to come from. Yeah. And that forced a lot of errors. I agree, um, and I asked Brent Venables about that. I said, "Did you guys do some zone blitzes this week that you haven't done all week, uh, all season?" Because number one, they got home, they hit home. I know Oklahoma State's offensive line is not very good, but those blitzes hit home and chased him all night. And then on the times when he got out of there or saw the blitz coming or didn't see the the dropping uh, player, the defensive end blitz, he would throw it right to the defensive end. That happened twice. He threw it to Ethan Downs, hit him right in the chest. And uh, the Laulu interception in the first quarter was a deflection uh, because he's dropping back into that zone in front of the receiver. And Laulu dropped one too and he late dropped in the one. game. Yeah. So right uh, what Brent said in response was probably the right answer. He said, I, I can't speak for him. I don't know if it confused him or not. Um, and he also said that, uh, I don't know, we might have gotten to some of those blitzes earlier in the season. I don't really recall what we have and what we haven't, which I buy that. You know, Brent's a busy guy and his mind's going 100 miles an hour. Sure. So, uh, yeah, maybe – I don't think these were, like, all brand-new, never-before-seen zone blitzes that they were dumping off tonight. But I think there was some confusion on Spencer Sanders' part that, oh, I don't – I didn't know that guy was standing there. I didn't expect that. And they had a couple of uh, short yardage plays, too, where, where he got up to the line, and they just packed the line of scrimmage with seven or eight guys, and then three of them would drop back into coverage. They haven't been doing a ton of that this year. Most of their mm-hmm. movement has been – know pre-snap shift or you know everybody you know we're all down in a stance okay now one guy moves 
they were doing like the all out here comes the house um the, and the kitchen sink what's that defense called where nobody's standing nobody's got a hand on the ground they're all just kind of standing around bus stop defense or something like that we're all just standing around yeah that's what they did a couple of times tonight and spencer sanders was like what the and he would get the heck out of there and run for his life and throw the ball away uh it was a great defensive performance by ou tonight great defensive performance by the defensive coaching staff mm-hmm. i feel like they were just really aggressive from the start we mentioned that i just feel like the oklahoma coaching staff as a whole was just way more aggressive than oklahoma states i mean you see it from the beginning Oklahoma State gets down 28-0. They have a fourth down and goal inside the 10-yard line, pretty close, mm-hmm. and they kick a field goal. I was surprised by that. They punted before and, that. Yeah, they punted before yeah. that. So then next, I mean, and then the next drive, it's just a great example of OU. They're, they're going down. They, they run a fake or a trick play on the kick return. After they did the not field, need yeah. to do that. And they, they mm-hmm. just are trying to, you know, add on to that. They're trying to continue to be the aggressor. And that's what I saw from the beginning, the defenses with the blitzes, with the different with the mixing up the play calls, they went for it on a fourth down right after yep. Oklahoma State punted. Even though it didn't, um, you know, turn into points, it gives it gives your guys confidence for sure. Yeah, second to, second quarter, fourth and five, and they went for it. Yeah, at near midfield. Um, that and was they're winning if if they if, yeah exactly. They, that's a perfect opportunity to give Oklahoma State momentum, but they have total confidence in their team, and I think it showed early the, yep. the aggressive nature of the coaching staff tonight. For yeah, sure, yeah, something changed. Yeah, and I think it's the whole bedlam thing. Brent mentioned this in his press uh, post game press conference. Uh, stung from last year's loss in Stillwater, mm-hmm. um, something along those lines is the way I can't remember how he phrased it, but he he referenced that game and these guys were po'd about losing that game and the way they yeah. lost thirty seven thirty three. They had a fourth quarter lead. Coach had one foot out the door. Say what you want, you know. The guys were not happy, so they took this one personal tonight. They came in here, the coaching staff, the players, I think, took it personal. Yeah, you could tell Brent Venables was, uh, I thought, you know, as the the on-the-field guy, I guess I'll I'll say that I I felt like he was more, um, and he's Brent Venables, he's always engaged, but he was was more animated on the sideline tonight than maybe he had been any game this season. There was a couple times where he was out at the numbers. you know, arguing saw a call. Telling him to get yeah. back yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah, people have been talking about, you know, where was the where's the Brent medals that needed to get back coach? Yep. That's been a thing people talk about. He he, he needed one at times tonight. He was really getting after it. Uh, he really wanted this one. I think he fed off the fact that his defense was playing so well and playing so hard. It was a really big game for the linebackers, by the way. Huge. David Aguebu, Danny Stutzman, and Deshaun White. Deshaun White's had a good season. Um, Sutton's been kind of up and down. David Aguebu's been kind of up and down. They all brought it tonight. And, and Danny Sutsman, you know, he had a couple moments last week on Virginia that kind of blackened his whole game, including getting, you know, kind of run over by Gary Green at the end of the game. But he had played a really good game mostly before that. You know, it's, he's had kind of a bit of a redemption arc here because, yeah. you know, Danny Sutsman was so highly thought of coming into this season. OU fans loved him. Had a bit of a downturn, you know, or a little bit of a dip where his play wasn't as good. He said some stuff on the Jeremiah Holbrake Willis podcast that a ton of fans didn't really love. But now he's had a couple weeks in a row where he's clearly bringing it again. And, uh, you know, Brent Venables talked about that in his, his presser this week, you know, mm-hmm. saying, joking, you know, some people think Danny Sussman stinks, but he actually, you know, leads the Big 12 in tackles or, or whatever he said. You know, so big game for those guys. And uh, Deshaun White, obviously, a senior. And him to get that pick, that pretty much sealed it, too. Yep. Um, they stepped up. They stepped up. They did. The whole defense did. Um, but you're right. Jordan De- Kelly too. De- Jordan Kelly had two sacks. Is that right? Uh, total tackles for yes, loss. Two. Thirteen tackles for loss. 
Yep. Uh, four four Six sacks. sacks two um, from Mr. Kelly, yeah. Yeah, seven passes broken up. Again, five of those could have been interceptions. Um, uh, the the Deshaun White one, I, we're, we're, it's funny. Okay, so the last few minutes of the game, we all go down for the press conference, right, so, so we don't get stuck in the press box in the elevator or whatnot. So last, we go down about the last seven, seven and a half minutes of the game. And we're, they stick us in the end zone. So the only view we have is either looking up at the big scoreboard video or watching the field from the end zone. And I just happened to be watching the field from the end zone on Deshaun White's uh, interception. Threw it right to me. I mean, if Deshaun White hadn't caught it, I would have caught it. You know. He said after the game it was the easiest play he's ever made. Yeah. It was gift wrapped to him. He <laughs> was standing there, and the receiver was running at, the, at about the five or six-yard line. And he threw it completely over his head, and he just jumped up and yeah. caught it. It was, it was like a, I don't know, it was just like a piece of poetry or something out there. Like, okay, thank you. And he, <laughs> and he took a couple steps, and then he just kneeled real Super gently. Super smart like, of him to kneel down, yeah, too. He, yeah, don't try to run that out. Yeah, and, you know, he, he probably doesn't get many interceptions in the end zone. So, I mean, for him to kneel yeah, down there. No, yeah. And what did the offense do with it right after? Nothing. One, two, three, and punt. <laughs> One, gave it right back in, like, right back. less than a minute later, it felt like. Less than a Back on the field. Yeah, Deshaun White, and it's especially cool for him, you know, to kind of get that pick to seal it. Obviously, like we said, senior and all that stuff. And he's obviously he was a big part of the team last year that lost that, that Bedlam game. And it really felt like maybe more than anybody else on the defense that, at least to me, that Deshaun White was really wearing the 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 weight of the losing. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked to him on Monday nights, you know, during the during the week. And he always seemed like he was the one that was the most beat up about the defense stinking, you know, and so for him to kind of be a big part of a few really good games in a row, going back to Iowa. I mean, going back to Iowa State, I mean, Baylor obviously was, you know, had its moments here and there, I guess. But the defense really quietly has been much better for the better part of a month now, um, with tonight obviously being the the apex uh, to shut down Oklahoma State the way they did. When the offense was giving them zero for mm-hmm. most of the second half was big time. The last um – 11 drives for Oklahoma. Is that right? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. They had 19 drives, 19 possessions. 18 of those were 91 seconds or less. Yeah, the just defense, insanity. And like insanity. I said, the defense produced turnovers, and the offense would give them punts back. Like no cooperation whatsoever. If you had told me that this was going to be, this was going to be the end of the Oklahoma game, Punt, punt, downs, interception. Punt, 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 punt. That's Oklahoma's last. I would last not have thought they won. They would have gotten blown out. They should have gotten blown out tonight. But the defense kept responding every time. And uh, you know, like like Brent said in the post game, they got a couple of drives there at the end. Uh, they did. They got a touchdown and a field goal. But their last, other than that, second half drives. Punt, downs, punt, punt, interception, punt, downs. Tells you right there, the defense was playing out of their mind tonight. I did not expect that because this defense has stunk all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that, it ties back to going all the way back to when we were sitting there, uh, who Ryan and I at the Cotton Bowl after Texas beats OU forty-nine nothing. I made the point in Oklahoma's uh, in the OU defense's defense that it, it's really, really hard to play defense when your offense is just giving you nothing, and that's what they did on that day. Obviously, every. Everybody knows that. I don't need to revisit that too much. But that it was pretty much the same in the second half of this game. I mean, they were on the field the entire time. It was so many three and outs. Who just read it off to you? All those punts, all those drives that were a minute and a half or less, and they just answered the bell every time. That, that's so 
it, it's impressive anyway what they did, but when you put it in that context, it really is kind of mind-blowing mm -hmm. what they did. The fact that they were able to respond to that. I, I was saying, you know, we're talking down the field. When it was 28-13 and they gave the ball back again for like the third time in a row, you know, whatever it was, they kept getting stops. I said, you, if the defense gives up this lead, it is not on them. Like they've been no. out on the field this entire time no. and they still just – Kept holding it. I thought the same thing was going to happen as what happened last week. Two fourth-quarter drives, ten points, West Virginia wins. I thought the exact same thing was going to happen tonight. Defense responded. Yeah, and, I mean, we mentioned the linebackers. I think even the even the secondary had a fantastic game. You know, when people were open, when Oklahoma State players were open, it was it was when they found a hole in the, in the, in the zone or in the gaps. It wasn't running wide open free like we've seen against TCU or like we've seen against Texas. It was mm -hmm. more of Oklahoma State executing, not Oklahoma messing up. So tonight it wasn't really Oklahoma beating themselves on the defensive end. They were really – it was just yeah. Oklahoma State taking the good plays when they actually had those, and then the Sooners just shutting them down outside of that. I just really thought that – and you mentioned Deshaun White. Like you said, he's had a great year. This is this – is, mm -hmm. for some of the players, they really stepped up this game. But for Deshaun White, this isn't really anything new for him. He's had a, he's had a really solid year. I'd say he's one of the more solid players on the defense. And Billy Bowman, too. He, he had a fantastic yeah. game again tonight. Yeah, no, Billy Bowman. Uh, obviously, we talked about it a lot when he was out. Uh, huge, huge part of this defense. And uh, he'll be back next season, obviously. And that's uh, good news for Oklahoma. Great news. Um, because, yeah, he's a big – Big-time player. Uh, that's become more and more evident as we've gone on here. So, obviously, great night for Oklahoma's defense. Brent Venables had a little bit of a pep in his step, certainly in post-game. He's a defensive guy. That's gonna that's what's going to determine his mood more than anything else. And uh, they did a lot of things right. Had a lot of commits uh, or recruits, I should say, in here. A lot of them. A few commits. A uh, few commits. Um, do you notice that Brent got in there and he said that we had a few commitments? And I was did like, he say did that? He? yeah. I didn't. I missed it. Right when he sat down, he he apologized for being taking so long, which is hilarious because he took that exact time every game this year. <laughs> oh, he's talking about commitments. Like I had to go see these guys and talk to their parents, but the word commitment came out and everybody's ears perked. Well, he he was yeah. like, you know, we had to talk to some recruits and some, you know, some commitment. I have to look back. It's in the video because it's the first <laughs> thing he said when he started his statement. So you can watch it and see exactly. But it, it caught my eye because that that word. I know it's a buzzword. But anyway, he had all these guys here. A lot of them are defensive guys. David Hicks was here. David Stone was here. David Stone, by the way, just IMG Academy t-shirt. It was like 30 out there. Baller move uh, on his part. Uh, Peyton Bowen was here, of course, with Jackson Arnold. I mean, there was a lot of big-time defensive players here. Yeah. So they, they got to see that, which is, I mean, dream scenario there. Yep. Um, couldn't have worked out better. Couldn't have worked out better. Now, the flip side of all this, uh, we'll go to the negative side. Offensively, gross. I mean, the first quarter was awesome. Never seen anything like it. I never seen a switch 299 flip. yards of offense in the first quarter, school record. 299 yards in the first quarter, and then uh, it, Dylan Gabriel 224 yards passing in the first yeah, quarter. Yeah, and he ended what with 259. Yeah, the rest of process the process. What we just said to you. Final three quarters, add that up. It, it's it's outrageous. Um, the first quarter was was uh, tremendous. I mean, Dylan Gabriel was was bombing it to Drake Stoops all over the place. He was bombed it to Julio Farouk. Yeah. Uh, he was hitting Braden Willis. What else did he do? He got Mims a couple times. Eric Gray had a couple nice early runs. Which Gray and actually ended up with a decent game when it didn't really totally feel like it. 91 yards, which is low for what he's been doing, mm -hmm. but still, you'll take it certainly. Javante Barnes had some nice carries tonight as well. He's at 1,200 now for the year. 
Great. Yeah, big year. Big year. With the bowl game now, he's got a very good shot to get in the top 10 OU single season rushing of all time, which is pretty nuts. And then the first quarter ends, and it's like it's just all the magic went away. They they didn't do hardly who read it off. I mean, quite literally nothing. I mean, that's not really hyperbolic to say they did nothing. They did very nearly nothing, and they didn't score, obviously. It's like the old Steve Martin skit. I used to like to punt on first down. I mean, why not? I, it got to it, the point it where was I was a minute per possession, and then they punt it right back to him. It got to the point where I was genuinely saying, "My God, just run the ball three times so you at least use two minutes. Like, <laughs> get something productive out of it." And look at Dylan Gabriel's t- passing totals: forty passes, twenty of forty. That's one not of a, eleven. That's not a completion percentage you want. Fourteen of eighteen in the first quarter. One of eleven in the second half. They just kept trying it. They just kept banging that head against the wall. I just, I didn't understand. And you've got the lead. And you're throwing the ball that much, and it's all incompletions, and the clock is stopping every time. And it, when you run it, you're, you're snapping the next one with 25 on the play clock. Correct. Just, yeah. that, that was the biggest fear with Jeff Levy coming in was would he adjust on the fly, right. and he, a few times this year he has, but like Brent, tonight he did not. So Brent was asked in the postgame, are, right. are you pleased with that? And he goes, no, I'm definitely not pleased with that. We've right. got to be better. So the defense is out there doing this and doing this and doing this, and Offense just keeps putting him in a bad position every time. Mm-hmm. He was mad. Yeah. And rightfully so. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there, there's a lot to be upset about. And he, he was very, very clear in what in what he wanted. It did not seem like he was happy with how it was with the game. And I, I mentioned it, like, actually probably the first or second drive. Yeah, the first drive, a minute, 17 seconds. That was great. It was really fast. Yeah. yeah. If that's going to be how the whole game's going to go, the defense is going to get pretty tired quick. And we talked about this. Who Ryan and I sat here after the first game when Oklahoma beat UTEP uh, forever ago, uh, it feels like, back when it was hot. Uh, hot. What an amazing world that was. Um, I asked you guys, because that, that game, the time possession was really lopsided. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma won that game big, so nobody cared. But we said, is this sustainable? sustainable yeah. Can they do this and win games all year long? The answer is no. I mean, they're six and five. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I have a hard time imagining. Even when Jackson Arnold is in here and this offense is humming, I feel like you still you you got to use more clock than that. I just they're just. Well, I don't know. I don't feel like I don't feel like you can win all, all the time that way. That's a decision. That's not like execution or no, the it's other totally team a beat game us. plan. Yeah. yeah, it's it's coaching one hundred and one. Uh, there are people getting on on the comments in the in the various social medias. This, this coaching staff doesn't know how to manage a game. This coaching staff doesn't know how to manage football. Doesn't know the game of football. Now listen, they know the game of football, but in terms of managing a game, you got a good point. You got a good argument there, uh, especially late in the game. That last possession, the last possession was a minute, exactly sixty seconds. One, two, three, quick as you can, get off the goal line, punt it back to him. Let's get it back to him as many times as we can. I just that's – a, that's a mistake. And it would be second and seven, second and eight, and they're hurrying up to the line yes. of scrimmage to run another dive up the middle yes. for no gain, right. and you have third and six again yeah. in completion. That was the script the entire second half. So weird. Really strange. And I've, you know, I, I've been largely a Jeff Levy defender this year, and I still, I still think he's a very good offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. They should have way better numbers than they even have, which are actually still pretty good. But, you know, just because of missed throws and drops and stuff over the course of the season. But, uh, yeah, weird stuff in this game. What is Dylan Gabriel? We, we've watched him for 11 games now, and I still don't really know what he is. Um, 
he has moments where he looks like a legitimate quarterback. He's making nice reads. He, he looks has elite. better has better running than maybe people give him credit for. Yeah, he showed that tonight. They he saw did. something in the game plan. You could tell early on they were exploiting the uh, the, the read option, uh, the the keep option. You know where mm -hmm. he's not real where it's not really an option, but they're doing a little RPO and it's like oh, right. They exposed uh, some cracks in the OSU defense, and that's good game planning. That's noticing things on film and seeing and thinking we can do that. Um, it went away from it. Yeah, so he has Probably that. Too early fourth quarter, I don't think we saw that one time. Third quarter, a couple of times, and they, they popped a couple of those. Mm -hmm. uh, it, was, it was good. What was his rushing totals? Um, 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 30 yards. Something. 30 yards. yards. I've noticed with, with him. Not bad. With Netted him, 30. Yeah. This, this sounds weird, but he's a lot faster when it's a designed run as opposed to him scrambling. Yeah. He's not a fast scrambler. His eyes he gets are downfield. He gets yeah. caught from behind more than more than anyone when he's scrambling. When he's a lot faster when he's moving vertically, and I think that, that probably has something to do when he's, like you said, looking downfield. He knows he's getting tracked down now because it's happened so many times this year that that definitely affects yeah. his accuracy when he's rolling yep. out because it's not the same. Yep. Yeah. When his first read's not there, it breaks down a lot for, for Gabriel. So he, he has the runs early. He has the the, the touchdown. The, it wasn't a touchdown, but the throw to Stoops that put him right at the one. Yeah. The nice one to Farouk in the corner. Had Stoops at actual touchdown later in the same corner. But then, yeah, like we said, the rest of the game, he completed one pass. Um I don't know what he is. We've watched him 11, or not, I guess not 11 times because he missed some games, but, you know, nine times or whatever it is. And he's had moments where he looks great. He's had moments where he, he looks really, really not good at all. He's weird. He's had a weird season. I don't know I, so, I don't know what to make of him. We're a year in. I don't know what to make of him. Very uneven is the way I would characterize his quarterback play. Yeah. Because he can look like an elite all-star, and then the next drive he's, he misses a guy by three or four yards. Yeah, first On couple a simple games. out, six yard out, and you miss him. He has no chance of even touching the football. First couple games, the the two comps were out there. I mean, lefty yeah. and the shorter guy, and not no more. <laughs> his he really struggles to make that second level intermediate throw. His you saw tonight at the beginning of the game. He can throw it, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. Those those screens, those bubble screens to get the offense going. The deep ball, he hits. He, he misses a few, too, but, you know, that's obviously one of the better parts of his game. The intermediate throws are really tough for him to make. Down the field, yeah. over the middle of the field, he's very, very inconsistent. I'm really interested to see how Oklahoma handles this offseason. Yeah, how do you evaluate spot. that this um, season? How you know, do you Brent evaluate said, it? I'll tell you how. Jackson Arnold. <laughs> Brent Venable said. Bring him they, in, and Daryl Gabriel will get better. Brent Venable said they're not going to add a QB in the portal. We talked about that in the midweek show. I disagree. I think you should definitely look to add one in the portal. Because um, Dylan Gabriel hasn't done enough this year to just he's, – he's our guy. He's a starter. He just hasn't done enough. I, I don't disagree with that concept. He just hasn't done enough um, for me. So we'll see if they change their mind on that and they bring some in some competition for Gabriel. Because I have a hard time imagining a world – I'd be shocked, I guess, if Jackson Arnold is starting in week one as a true freshman. Now, I don't think it's out of the possibility at all that by the middle of next year, if Gabriel's still doing this, yep. that they make the move. Um, but you don't want to do that uh, if you can avoid it, he, obviously. I, I asked him the inevitable question tonight about um, elements and weather. He's a Hawaii I, guy, played at UCF. I phrased it as, bet you're looking forward to seeing what the weather's going to do next week in Lubbock, knowing that it's probably going to be weird and wild and cold possibly and windy, wet, windy. Uh, he said, yeah, no, it's, uh, weather is something that uh, he's, trying to, he's trying to get used to. 
Yeah, I mean, he wanted to transfer to UCLA too before. That's it's right. It's yeah. clear, uh, clear thought process in mind there. It's definitely been a weird few weeks weather-wise, and I'm sure that today. I mean, he had, he had a few passes where it it looked like they almost got tipped or something. Like they just came off his hand wrong, and yep. it was just kind of yeah. like just floating downfield towards nobody. It was just an odd. There was just some odd throws for sure. He's had a weird season, um, so he doesn't love it. And then we'll see what uh, he does in whatever bowl it is um, here Guaranteed later on rate. in December. Guaranteed rate would be pretty cool. That's my number one. Texas is my number two because it's in Houston, which is a dome. Yes. Yes for domes. Mine's number one is guaranteed rate because my brother is uh, retired out in Phoenix. He's living in Phoenix. So I get to go spend a week with my brother. That'd be awesome. I, I just weather. Um, that's all I'm the weather on. would be nice. My, I'm laser focused on weather, and that's <laughs> that's Phoenix's ideal. Memphis or like Dallas or whatever, not so much. Yep. So uh, avoid. Do we need can. to talk about Andrew Rain tonight and Robert Conjol? Sure. Andrew Rain missed the whole game. Went through warmups. He but went through warmups. He, he did the psych out. Uh, Robert Conjol played center. Uh, basically, they said uh, I think Levy said he snapped. Um, Andrew Rain took every has taken every snap this season. Basically, every important snap or starting snap. Conjo comes in and does the best he can, but there was a few balls where Dylan Gabriel was having to move to go get them. Mm. And mm-hmm. some of them were slow, and the rush was getting on him a little bit. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a long snapper or a center. But um, that's something that I think that uh, they had the offense had to adjust to. They don't have their starting center, and they don't have the guy that's back there snapping the ball. Also, Ronnie Morris went down this game, yeah. too. Now, they had been struggling for a while at that point. I can't remember yeah. what point in the game that was. It was in, like, third quarter, I think, maybe? I think so. Um, but they did lose him at some point. We didn't get an update on him. I'm sure we will this week with uh, Brent, but far from ideal, obviously. Yeah, it just looked like like the offensive line, and that could have had something to do with it for sure, but the pairing of the offensive line and the running backs was just a step slow tonight. It was just a step behind. I just feel like what we've been used to, like, you yeah. know, Holes opening, Eric Gray, you know, he he's usually good for 6 to 10 yards per carry. Tonight he was, you know, Oklahoma State was getting their hands on him quicker. You know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. 100%. So, offensively, uh, obviously left something to be desired in this game, and we'll see what they do uh, next week in Lubbock. But this is a few weeks in a row now, kind of the same as the, the opposite of the defense, basically. The defense has played pretty well for the better part of a month. The offense has played kind of subpar for the better part of a month now, so we'll see how they finish things up. But like we said, Oklahoma does get that sixth win, get to build eligibility. Talked about the fact that there was a ton of recruits here, and we said we t- we said on the wrap. But I mean, I don't know what more you could have really done with all the recruits here. I mean, it was a really good environment. They had the lights going everywhere. The entrance when they came out to the field was really cool. Um, fans were engaged. David Stone didn't look cold. They played well. David Stone just wearing the T-shirt. That was a baller move. Um, lots of, I mean, lots of, lots of guys here, and you played well. It was a huge win, right? I mean, this is this you is get number six. one that Brent had to have. You get number six. You get to go to a bowl practice. You get to get these guys for two more weeks. Or well, it's early a month, but fifteen practices. Mm-hmm. It's all massive. Um, this was uh, the ideal setting. When it was twenty-eight nothing, I was like, "This thing's going to be in the 60s. I, I seriously, I was like, "We're headed to like historic blowout yeah. territory." Um, but they, uh, you know, they ended up way. winning a game that you have to get down, roll your sleeves up, and get your knuckles bloody. Yeah, and they did that. Yeah. And these last few weeks are huge for 
morale and momentum moving forward. You don't want to lose a lot of guys to the transfer portal, yeah. and you want to make it look like an attractive place to be as well. Yep. So, I mean. Sure, also. sure. We'll see what they do next week. Um, yeah, we talked about, I mean, the, the, the bowl. Getting the bowl was big. We talked about it on the midweek show. More than anything, really, just to get these young guys, because I'm sure they'll have portals and all that good stuff, uh, like you always have opt-outs, like they did last year in the Alamo Bowl. And it would be nice just to get some of these younger guys in there um, in the bowl game and what sure. have you. So uh, this was a big win and a lot for a lot of reasons. Recruiting, get the six win for bowl, stuff, all that. Brent just needed it. He needed a signature win. He's got it here tonight. Uh, a lot to like in this game. Mm -hmm. All right. It's uh, 2.30 a.m. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, nice and tidy post-game show. We'll be back later this week, of course, with the midweek show. We'll wrap up the Brent Presser, and we'll preview the season finale against Texas Tech, regular season finale, because we will have postseason football for Oklahoma this year. And we'll be in Lubbock next Saturday, where I'm sure it'll be very cold again and windy, and there'll be tortillas be and... Uh, batteries tortillas that's like shoved up you know in some guy's pants that he snuck in that's how that usually goes don't eat the tortillas if you're not familiar do not do not eat those tortillas um that's where we'll be next week so looking forward to that ross first post game show how'd it go i think it went great what do you guys think you okay good. i think you did good you okay. great man ryan's Thank on the you. hot seat hot seat ryan <laughs> get wally pit um that's it uh, thank you guys so much for watching and listening as always. Again, we'll like be back Wednesday. Spotify, Google, iHeart, iTunes, all the places you can listen to that show. And of course, watch them on John Hoover Media. And then next Saturday, we'll be back uh, for the post game show after Oklahoma takes on Texas Tech in Lubbock. Allsooners.com, tons of coverage there from this game, game stories, game highlights, uh, reaction from Venables and, and all the players, all that stuff. You know all that by now, 11th game. Allsooners.com, we got you covered. That's it for now. We'll see you later this week previewing the Texas Tech game. For Ross and John Hoover, I'm Josh Calloway.